Hello everyone, sorry for jumping in before the episode, but I just want to tell you all about the Thinking in English Patreon. Patreon is a way for you guys to support Thinking in English and receive some amazing benefits. We have conversation clubs at least six times a week, allowing you to practice your English speaking. We offer weekly discussion sessions with English tutors, including me, where you can ask any questions you have. We have a Discord server and chat rooms, so you can talk and meet other English learners and practice English. I release bonus episodes every Friday, and depending on your subscription level, there are also free English group classes and one-on-one conversations with me available. There are also some new and exciting new benefits coming in the next few weeks, so join now. I'm currently offering seven-day free trials if you join right now. Click the link in the description or go to www.patreon.com forward slash thinking in English to join now. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. From the UK to Japan, to the Caribbean, to the Pacific Islands, curry is one of the most popular and loved dishes around the world. For many people, curry is synonymous with Indian food. But did you know that in India, the term curry isn't used in the same way? Today, let's discuss what curry is, how it was invented, and how it has spread around the world. You can find the full transcript for today's podcast over on the Thinking in English blog. The link is in the description. Here is today's vocabulary list. Spice. Spice. A substance made from a plant used to give a special flavour to food. Cinnamon, ginger and cloves are all spices. Aromatic. Aromatic. Strong, pleasant smelling, usually from food or drink. For example, these coffee beans are incredibly aromatic. Melting pot. Melting pot. A place where many different people and ideas exist together, often mixing and producing something new. For instance, New Orleans is one of the great melting pots of America. Culinary. Culinary. Connected with cooking or kitchens. As in, I went on a culinary tour of Beijing. Homogenous. Homogenous. Consisting of parts or people that are similar to each other or are of the same type. As in, the population of the village has remained remarkably homogenous. Adequately. Adequately. In a way that is enough or satisfactory for a particular purpose. For example, while some patients can be adequately cared for at home, others are best served by care in a hospital. Flavour profile. Flavour profile. The specific combination and characteristics of flavours present in a particular dish or food. As in, the wine's flavour profile has notes of blackberries, dark chocolate and hints of oak. Subcontinent. Subcontinent. 
a large area of land that is part of a continent often referring to South Asia. As in, he has written a book about the history of railways in the Indian subcontinent. Growing up in the UK, Indian food, or at least what we think of as Indian food, was a massive part of my culture. If I went to a restaurant with my family, there was a very high chance it would be an Indian restaurant. If we were to get takeout food, it was probably Indian food. And UK supermarkets are filled with aisles of curry sauces, curry making kits and other accompaniments for a British-style Indian meal. In fact, in my hometown, a small town of about 6,000 people, there were four Indian restaurants and more Indian restaurants in the neighbouring towns and villages. Going for a curry is such a common part of UK culture. Heading to the Indian restaurant on a Friday night, drinking a few beers with a spicy curry, rice, naan bread and other delicious side dishes. Growing up, I loved chicken tikka masalas, lamb baltis, pepper-filled jalfrezis, served with poppadoms and onion bhajis. Now, if you're from India, or you're just not from the UK, you may be a little confused. To a British person, they are some of the most iconic and popular Indian dishes. Chicken tikka masala, jalfrezi, poppadoms, onion bhajis. But they were all invented in the UK, at least in the form we have them in the UK. They were invented there. Of course, they were inspired by the dishes and flavours of South Asia, but they were created for the British public by immigrants to the UK. Moreover, the entire concept of curry probably doesn't make much sense in India. It wasn't until I visited India in 2015 as part of a UK government-funded educational trip that I realised the concept of curry doesn't really exist in India. So let's start with a basic question. What is curry? Curry is a flavourful and aromatic dish that originated in the Indian subcontinent but has gained popularity worldwide. It is a term used to describe a variety of dishes that are prepared with a combination of spices, herbs and often include vegetables, meat or legumes. The key ingredient in curry is a blend of spices, sometimes called a curry powder or curry paste. This mixture typically consists of spices such as turmeric, cumin, coriander, ginger and chilli, among others. These spices are combined in different proportions to create unique flavour profiles. Curry can be prepared using different cooking methods, including simmering, sautéing or stewing. The spices are usually cooked with oil or ghee, which is clarified butter, to release their flavours. It is then combined with various ingredients, such as meat, commonly chicken, lamb or fish, vegetables, such as potatoes, cauliflower or spinach, or legumes, like lentils and chickpeas. The ingredients are cooked together until they are tender and infused with the flavours of the spices. The resulting curry dish is often served with rice or bread, such as naan or roti, to soak up the sauce. 
It can have a rich and thick consistency or a lighter, more liquid texture, depending on the specific recipe and regional variation. Curries can vary greatly in taste, colour, spiciness, reflecting the diverse culinary traditions across different parts of India and other countries where curry is enjoyed. Curry has become a popular and versatile dish worldwide, with various adaptations and interpretations found in different cuisines. But, as I mentioned earlier, the word curry is not commonly used in India in the same way it is outside of India. India is full of thousands of unique, varied and delicious dishes, with an incredible variety of cuisines throughout the subcontinent. From the hot southern states to the mountainous Himalayas, India is an incredibly large country. And in the country, there is so much variety. India has deserts, jungles and mountains, mega cities and isolated villages. There are many religions, including Hinduism, Sikhs, Muslims, Christians, Buddhists and Jains, and influences from other great empires from history, including Arab traders, Mughal invaders and Persian travellers. Out of this diverse melting pot of a society, India has developed one of the most extensive and diverse cuisines on the planet. Each region has its distinct culinary traditions, and the term curry does not adequately capture this vast array of flavours and preparations. Due to its wealth of resources, India attracted the attention of European colonists. The French, Dutch, Portuguese and Spanish all began to trade and settle in areas of the country. But most famously, Britain ultimately ended up fully colonising India in the 19th century. When European colonial powers arrived in India, they did not understand this cuisine. They could not comprehend the variety, flavours and styles of cooking across the country. Instead, they grouped various dishes, cuisines, techniques and traditions of South Asia into one category, curry. The word curry probably dates back to the 16th century, with the Portuguese colonialists in the Indian region Goa the first to use this term. It's not exactly certain where the Portuguese took the word from, but it could have been borrowed from the Malayalam, Kannada or Ta Tamil languages. For example, the word curry in Tamil can be translated to spiced sauce. The Portuguese were using the word caril to refer to the local cuisine, and in the plural tense, this became curry or curry. Eventually, this developed into the English word curry. The Europeans in India combined different dishes into a single category of food, curry, and then they added their own categories, mild, medium and hot spice levels. This concept of categorising food into spice levels is now incredibly common in Western countries, and also places like Japan. But it was in the Bengal Golf Club in Kolkata that curries were first sold based on their level of spice. In India, specific dishes are referred to by their regional or local names. Rather than curry, you will hear terms like biryani, thali, dosas and chats. 
The term curry, as used outside of India, often implies a homogenous, sauce-based dish with a specific flavour profile. However, Indian cuisine offers a much wider range of flavours, textures and cooking styles, including dry dishes, stir-fries and dishes with thick gravies. This diversity is not adequately captured by the term curry. People are often surprised when they hear that chicken tikka masala, a popular curry, was first made in the UK and was also voted as the national or most popular dish of the UK for many years. It is a demonstration of how important curry is to UK cuisine and culture. The flavours and spices of Indian cuisine were brought back to the UK by the colonialists and also generations of immigrants from South Asia. To do this, they developed curry powders, blends of spices such as coriander, black pepper, ginger, cumin and turmeric, which were pre-packaged and then shipped across the world. While inside India there were thousands of unique spice mixtures and blends, the British identified a specific flavour profile with curry. And therefore, this specific flavour profile became associated with the entire idea of Indian food. In India, however, British curry powder was never popular. The first Indian restaurant in the UK was the Hindu Stan Coffee House in London, which opened in the year 1810. And although it closed after only a few months, more restaurants soon opened. These restaurants were popular with the growing number of Indian students and also British people who had spent time out in India. Then, after World War II, entrepreneurial Bangladeshi immigrants began to take over some of the restaurants, especially fish and chip shops, that had closed down during the war. In order to make a successful business, they had to create dishes that would appeal to local people, especially working-class men. They continued to serve some of the fish and chip shop classic dishes, but would also add curry. Rather than making traditional South Asian curries, these Bangladeshi shop owners would use more local ingredients to the UK and took shortcuts so that dishes could be made quickly and easily. Still today, almost every fish and chip shop in the UK will have curry sauce on its menu. And the vast majority of Indian restaurants in the UK are operated by men from the Silet region of Bangladesh. Indian food in the UK has been adapted for British tastes. While the inspiration is from the cuisine of South Asia, immigrants to the UK would change their recipes and food styles to increase their number of customers. For example, Indian restaurants in the UK will serve food in courses, starters, mains and side dishes, which suits Europeans, but is not common in India. And most famously, quite a few of the most popular British curry dishes were actually invented in the UK, not in India. One of these British curries is the chicken tikka masala. While the precise details may be uncertain, one popular narrative suggests that chicken tikka masala was born out of a fusion of Indian and British culinary influences. 
One story attributes the creation of chicken tikka masala to an Indian chef in Glasgow, Scotland in the 1960s. As the story goes, a customer in his Indian restaurant complained that the chicken tikka, which is marinated and grilled chicken, was too dry. To address this issue, the chef improvised by adding a spiced tomato-based sauce, perhaps it was even tomato soup, to the chicken tikka, creating a new dish that combined the flavours of Indian spices with a creamy tomato sauce. The customer enjoyed the modified dish and it gained popularity among other customers. And now it is one of the most popular curries, not just in the UK, but in other countries as well. However, as food in the UK has become more international and the internet and technology has opened up the world to more people, Britain's tastes are beginning to change. There is now a much bigger demand for authentic Indian food rather than the classic British curries. And it means that some of these traditional British Indian restaurants are beginning to close or become less popular as people want to try real Indian food made in the style of food from India. The UK was not the only destination for Indian immigrants. Thousands of Indian workers moved to other places in the British Empire, like Fiji, the Caribbean, Malaysia, Mauritius and parts of Africa. And with them they brought their food heritage. It wasn't just the British colonial powers who spread curry. Portugal controlled Goa in India and used people from there for labour in their colonies in Africa too. While spice stews have existed for thousands of years across the world, in many places, curry is defined by a specific flavour profile. I've eaten Indian food in the UK, Japan, Hong Kong and Taiwan. And while the experiences were all different, it was clear that they were all inspired by the idea of curry. There was a similar taste, a similar style. And similarly, I've eaten Japanese, Caribbean and African curries, which don't pretend to be Indian, but are all made with a curry powder or curry powder inspired blend of spices. In Japan, kare raisu or curry rice is often considered to be the national dish of the country. That's right, not necessarily sushi is the national dish, but curry rice, because Japanese people eat it so often. Introduced to Japan by the British during the Meiji era, so the late 19th century, Japanese curry differs from Indian curry in terms of flavours and ingredients. It typically features a thick, mildly spicy curry made with ingredients such as onions, carrots, potatoes and meat, commonly beef, pork or chicken. Japanese curry tends to have a sweeter and milder taste compared to Indian dishes. It is often served with rice and garnished with pickled vegetables or other toppings like tonkatsu, which is breaded and deep fried pork cutlet. In Fiji, in the Pacific Islands, Indian immigrants brought with them their techniques and now curry is one of the most popular dishes on the islands. Fijian curries are influenced by Indian flavours and techniques, but have also developed their distinct character over time. Common ingredients include spices like cumin, coriander, turmeric and chilli, 
along with local ingredients such as coconut milk, seafood and root vegetables. Fijian curries are often prepared with a mix of Indian and Fijian spices and are known for their rich and aromatic flavours. Curry dishes such as chicken curry, fish curry or goat curry are popular in Fiji and enjoyed with rice, roti or cassava. Curry also plays an important role in Jamaican cuisine, reflecting the country's historical connection to Indian indentured labourers who arrived in the 19th century. Jamaican curry is known for its vibrant flavours and distinctive spice blends. The main difference between Jamaican and Indian curries lies in that spice composition. Jamaican curry powder typically includes spices like turmeric, cumin, coriander, fenugreek and allspice, which give it a unique flavour profile. Popular Jamaican curry dishes include curry chicken, curry goat or curry shrimp, which are cooked with a medley of ingredients such as onions, garlic, thyme, scotch, bonnet, peppers and coconut milk. Jamaican curries often have a spicy kick and are commonly served with rice and peas, roti or breadfruit. So all of these countries in completely different parts of the world have curry as a major component of their culinary traditions and all of it is due to Indian immigration around the world. So hopefully I've established how curry has spread from India to the rest of the world. But I, I need to end this episode by saying that there are a few cuisines with curries, at least that's what we call them in English, that are not related to Indian dishes. Thailand, Indonesia and Malaysia, for example, all have dishes referred to as curry in English, but that have distinct and older lineages not related to colonialism or Indian immigration, or at least not recent Indian immigration. Although Malaysia does also have a large Indian population, so there is a difference between Malay curries and Indian Malay curries. Thai curries, for example, are known for their vibrant flavours and often incorporate a combination of aromatic herbs, spices and a paste made from ingredients such as lemongrass, galangal, chilli peppers and shrimp paste. The popular Thai curries include green curry, which is spicy and aromatic, red curry, usually slightly milder, yellow curry, which is mild and fragrant, and masaman curry, which is rich and sweet. We don't really know when these curries from Thailand were first given the name curry, but their ingredients, taste and style of cooking are all significantly different from most Western people's understanding of curry. So here is today's final thought. Throughout this episode, I've tried to highlight how food, immigration and colonialism are intimately linked. What you may consider to be Indian food in your country is likely very different from what food is actually like in India. But curry is now one of the most popular dishes around the world. In the UK, almost every week I would cook some version of curry at home. And now I'm in Japan, I eat curry raisu almost every week as well. It really is a demonstration of how, in a relatively short period of time, foods and dishes can spread around the globe, change and become part of a culinary tradition. But what do you think? 
Do you like curry? What is your favorite Indian dish? And are Indian restaurants common or popular where you're from? Let me know by leaving a comment on Spotify, a comment on the Thinking in English transcript. Uh, there is a free transcript for every single Thinking in English episode. The link is in the description of the podcast. Uh, I'm saying this because I did a poll on Spotify uh, on Monday, so two days ago, and a lot of people didn't even know I did transcripts. But there's over 300 transcripts available on my website. Uh, so yeah, there's a transcript for every single episode for free. Right? You, don't, you don't have to pay. So go over to thinkinginenglish.blog and search through the articles and you'll find every single podcast transcript. Um, and you can also reach out to me on Instagram if you want to make a comment about this episode. Um, my Instagram is Thinking in English Podcast. I have a YouTube as well, which is also Thinking in English Podcast. And we are so close to getting monetized on YouTube. So uh, I really would love a few of you to go over, subscribe and just press play on a few videos, right? And leave it playing for a few hours and you'll really help us uh, get close to that monetization threshold. Once we can make money on YouTube, I definitely want to start making more content over that, um, which would be really cool. And if you'd love to support Thinking in English, you can do. There's uh, our Patreon with a seven-day free trial. It's conversation clubs every week, uh, question and answer sessions, study groups and a lot more bonus episodes and some really cool things that we're thinking and planning of in the next few weeks and months so please uh, head over to patreon and subscribe but thank you all so much for joining today uh, i hope you have a great a great week and i'll see you next time goodbye <laughs>